appointing goodies to you all out there. We have a very, very special episode for you all tonight here at the Ramble Mania Show. Because we have, it took a lot, a lot of emails and phone calls and a lot of favors that I don't even want to mention. But it finally happened because, God damn it, pal, I didn't think he was actually accept this interview. So, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, I would like to introduce to you all the chairman of the World Wrestling Entertainment. Ladies and gentlemen, I present to you VKM himself, Vincent Kennedy McMahon. That's right, pal. I'm here. Oh, my God. You got to ask me. Oh my God, Vince! It is such an honor to have you on the show, man. What is? Of course it what is. What a surprise! I'm Vince McMahon. God damn it! It took a lot of calls, a lot of emails, a lot of illegal favors. Favors. I'm not going to mention them, but Vince, it's an honor to have you here, and it's time for us to hear your opinions. Everyone wants to know, right here, right now. All right, pal. What are your thoughts and opinions? After the backlash that happened at Double or Nothing. What what the fuck is Double or Nothing, pal? I don't know what that is. All right. I'm here to talk about World Wrestling Entertainment. We're making movies over here, pal. It's the biggest enterprise in sports entertainment. Don't you understand? You better ask me a better question, pal. You want a better question? I yeah, have a better pal. question for you, Vince. Um, will Dick Eversall join you in the XFL? Fuck Dick Ebersol, pal. He screwed me. He went behind my back and tried to start another league. And look at him now. He's fucking bankrupt. Meanwhile, I'm going live next year, 2020, pal. XFL, we're taking over. Now, speaking of the XFL, the one question that I have to ask you, and a lot of people want to know this all, are you going to bring back the stupid team that you thought of called the Birmingham Blast? Now, listen here, pal. The Birmingham Blast was a great name, pal. It was good shit. It was such good shit. And no one wanted to accept it. So you know what? I let my other people handle it. They're going to handle the team names. I'm not going to do anything, pal. I'm just going to sit back and watch the ratings come in as we overtake the NFL. But I'm not going to be directly involved, pal, all right? I'm leaving it to the football people. You know, speaking of these ratings, these ratings have been plummeting very faster than the Titanic sinking. New York Hold Stock on, Exchange are on. not... You know. You know, pal, they're cutting the damn cord. These millennials, they don't watch TV anymore. They're on that damn YouTube and all that other internet crap. Dad, dad, dad. What, what, what do you want, pal? What Listen, do you want? You're getting a little too excited. Your heart medication, the doctor told you. Uh, I need goddamn medication, pal. Dad, He's asking, you, this guy's asking me about But your granddaughters, you have to be around for your granddaughters. You can't get so excited, Vince. You need to calm down. Uh, don't forget your grandsons, too. What, 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 what my grandkids, pal? You want to talk no, about grandkids? Uh, Stephanie. Uh, and I want to remind uh, everyone uh, that Triple H just barged in from the office. I'm actually sitting in Hartford, Connecticut, at Vince's listen, office. Listen, yeah, kid. What the fuck? Uh, no, Dad, uh, relax. Listen, kid. Whatever you have, whatever they think they have, Cody, uh, Cody, that son of a bitch, that son of a bitch, Dad, he ruined my shit. He took Ambrose. That son of a bitch took Ambrose, pal. Last but not least, how does it feel to know 
that one of your former independent contractors officially lied to you to go to another promotion. That son of a bitch, Ambrose. I'm gonna fucking slit his throat, you understand me, pal? He thinks he's all into that deathmatch shit. I'm gonna end him. I'm gonna fucking end him. How dare he lie to me? I built him. I created him. Dad, dad, dad. I, I, I gave him the go-ahead. You did what, pal? I, 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 I told him it was alright if he went to the Indies. I didn't know he was gonna go to AEW. Of course he was gonna go. What the? He said he was gonna, he said he was gonna travel the Indies. Uh, he was gonna go to New Japan. Uh, no, he said he was gonna do a movie. We don't want, he, he said he was gonna do a movie. You know, I wouldn't he already him, did it. You know, I wouldn't let him do that Japan crap, pal. But yeah, you paid him 500 bucks for that Shield reunion special. That's a fair price, pal, alright? Well, Vince, Hunter, it was an honor to have you guys on the show. Can't wait to have you guys again. I hopefully you guys come up with bigger plans for WWE instead of the same crap because you guys have drive me and my guys to the point of suicidal depression. Well, let me oh, fucking no, tell no, you no, something, no, pal. No, wait, 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 pop, pop. I'm gonna kick his ass, pal. No, 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 it's fine. Look, you, you go down the corridor. All right, I'm out of here, pal. There's gonna be a nice guy there waiting for you. Let, let me watch. Let me have a watch, word with this young gentleman. Watch the super uh, showdown, pal. It's all great. Uh, is he gone? Yeah, I think Vince left. Okay. Uh, thank you guys for praising my show so much. <laughs> <laughs> It's such a, it's really hard work, you know, and th don't worry, guys, don't worry. The, the moment that old bastard croaks, you know, we're going to be great because we're going to, we're going to run WWE. <laughs> I'm going to take my minions, you know, they click uh, and Road Doggy and Sean, you know, I'm going to get back uh, Billy Gunn. I'm going to go get him back. Uh, I'm going to have all this for Dean Malenko. Uh, it's going to be great. Don't worry about it. The war. Is gonna be NXT uh, versus AEW. Uh. Hunter, thank you for being on the show, man. And I can't wait for tomorrow for you to steal the show on NXT Takeover Twenty Five. I'm just happy that you will not be competing. Regal's gonna do some dope shit. Uh, don't worry about that. Uh, I got it all set up. Uh. gentlemen pointing goodies to you all welcome to another edition of the ramble mania show where we hear ramble all things good and bad in the world of pro wrestling and i am your chairman of the world hazel the eye zombie and i'm joined with as always See, this is what happens when he tries to do my gimmick it just doesn't come off right 
Let me kick this off proper. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, Ramble Mania brings to you, it is I, your Ramble Mania champion of the world, the Angel of Death 6XL. I am also your longest reigning Ramble Mania champion. Also, a two-time Ramble Mania champion. Hold that. You already know how it is. Joining me as always. It is I, your former two-time Ramble Mania champion of the world. TJ the Gritty. TJ the Gritty. TJ the Great. And welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to our, our official recap to the first ever AEW pay-per-view called Double or Nothing. Guys, before we get on to the recap, uh, your thoughts and opinions on me having the two-on-one interview with Vince McMahon and Hunter Hearst Helmsley, your thoughts and opinions? Trips was here, girl. Yeah, Trips just showed up from out of nowhere and he started having beef with his dad. I think it was about his guys getting buried in the main roster again. I did damn, the damn I gotta miss again. that shit. Fuck. Why didn't you call Why me? I always miss the good shit, bro. God, God damn, damn it. it. They took the time out of their day to speak about everything that's going on with AEW, um, XFL, Vince McMahon being lied to, and everything else. But that's not relevant. You guys ready? Ready. AEW. AEW. I can't believe I missed AEW. Vince. Submitted to the approval of the Ramble Mania show. Double or Nothing 2019, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, let's get ready to ramble. Now, before we recap the entire card, um, before we went on air, you guys agreed that we would do this uh, this show real quick, that we would grade four different topics for AEW. Um, presentation, which is like the stage, pyro, um, the card, commentary, and the crowd. Um, I think we should start first. I want to start with commentary first. And I'm going to let the champion give his opinion and grade. So go ahead on commentary. Commentary was effing great. Uh, Jim Ross. Uh, <laughs> there was one part where he was like, I don't know where we are. <laughs> and I felt so bad for him. I was like, oh, pobre. He's old, man. He's, <laughs> He's traveled down the road. <laughs> yeah, he, he was... Uh, <laughs> he was good, though. He was good. The moment... At, uh, John Moxley. Oh. Now, the moment uh, John Moxley came out, he he became that Jim Ross, man. He became that Jim Ross. I, ah, oh, that feels, like, just remembering that moment right there, like, oh, it gives me goosebumps, man. Uh, Excalibur, right? That's yeah, the, the master one. Yeah, he's, he's amazing. He's Tevin. <laughs> he's moral. He's moral. He's good. Really good. Excalibur's been fantastic for years. I'm glad he's he's. What's the name of uh, Alex Marvez? Alex Marvez. He seems very insightful. He reminds me a bit of like Cole, but without a filter. What do you grade the um, commentary? 
I grade it. I'm going to give it a a bar. Solid four? Yeah. I feel like it could have been a little better, but it's the first time, so it's all right. Tev? Yeah, I thought commentary was very good on the show. Uh, like Six said, Excalibur was fantastic. He's always been such a damn good commentator. Like, he blends everything together so seamlessly. Like, knowledge... Emotion, comedy, everything. He's, re- he's really, really damn good. And of course, having Jim Ross, I think Excalibur and Jim Ross are going to be a great duo just because while Jim Ross learns more about the AEW roster because, you know, there's, there's still people he's learning about, Excalibur knows everyone. He knows everything. He knows everyone. The guy's, yeah. the guy's very well versed in all the little corners of this industry. So, Excalibur can cover for that while Jim Ross provides his decades of knowledge and know-how and just, you know, commentary brilliance. Like Jim Ross from Cody Dustin on, and especially after the main event. After the main event, he was classic Jim Ross. Like yeah, it felt yeah. like 1998. That's it's how like good once he, he was. knew who everybody was. Yeah. And like <laughs> the way he put Moxley over, it felt like Austin was in the ring. Like it was amazing. Yeah, but uh, yeah, Alex Marvez, he was like there were moments where I liked him because I I saw what he was trying to do. He was trying to be that insightful person, like Six said. But you know, some there were times where he didn't mesh. It was his first show, so hopefully he gets better because I think he does have the makings of a decent commentator. But it was a rough uh-huh. go the first time out, so I'll also give it a bars. All right, with with me, um, I think we could all agree with with everything my negative with commentary was just alex marvez um not that i hate him personally i don't know the guy from a hole in the wall but it's not that he sucked there was moments where he kind of did suck like he reminded me of one of those commentators from the legends of wrestling or mike adam lee damn now he wasn't that bad like i said he reminded me more of cole he he reminded me of Cole a little bit when he debuted, but I don't think commentary will be is fitting for Alex Marvez. Like I think pre-show and being like the hype man and working behind the scenes would benefit him in the near future. Keep him for pay-per-views because it'll help him. And you have guys like Excalibur and JR because those guys, oh, wow. That's chemistry. And I really thought that they would have Jim Ross and Kevin Kelly together. But having those two, I want to see those two weekly on television. Because that would be like top notch. Like I said, Excalibur was basically like Mauro Ranallo. Like, Tope Suicida! Minus the Mamma Mia. Um, Jim Ross having his classic moment. Like he didn't... He had the voice, but it's been a long time for him to have that voice like that. Stone Cold, Stone Cold, Stone Cold. Like he, he did didn't it, have though. that. He had that, but he didn't have it like completely. You gotta understand with his At the age, end when when Moxley came out. That's what I meant. Yeah. He became that Jim Ross. I think it was more of like Excalibur that had more hype for it, but Jim Ross picked it up at the end. Um yeah, I'm going to say, I, I, w- I was going to say 3.5 because of Alex Marvez, but I don't want to shit on him too hard because he really tried, and I give him credit for actually trying. So, bars. Yeah, Next. like Tevin said, uh, 
He's going to get better. Give him time. Next up, we have um, presentation, which is like the stage uh, pyro. Um, I'll give the stage uh, 4.5. I love the stage. I love that it had that casino vibe, the MGM Grand vibe. Very Vegas vibe. Loved it. I love the chips. I love the pyro. I can tell you right now, when I was at Legends, the first thing I said when they did the the national anthem, there better be pyro. And pyro came up when the high-pitched little girl did the high-pitched vocal. I'm like, everyone at Legends bugged the fuck out. Yeah, on our end, right, in Jack Dempsey's, everybody was laughing at the fact <laughs> that the mom and the dad could not sing. The little girl topped them all. All of them, we were laughing. They were, we were like, way off key. she can go, but mom and dad, get the fuck. <laughs> Skip. Skip. <laughs> I'm going to give the whole presentation, even the um, the production and everything, very good production. There were some mishaps, but it came back hard. The one thing that did bother me when some of the guys were cutting promos, you could hear the high pitch in the mic. And it was kind of annoying. It made my earring. Presentation overall, 4.5. I'm going to hit y'all with how I feel about the presentation. I feel like this was different. It did not feel like a WWE event where WWE looks cleaner and generic. But it's also like too corporate. It's too fancy. Yeah. You know, with the way that uh, Double or Nothing looked, it was similar to like if you took uh, a dream from like TNA Impact, like those mid eras and mixed it with like a New Japan like uh, stage and made it with the two because it had the double tunnels like Impact would. But then it had that big background like uh, New Japan would. When it comes to production wise. <laughs> they got a lot of feedback. I'm guessing that they had the the way that you got to place the speakers is basically so that they don't ring into the mic. Because then what happens production-wise is then, then you get feedback. And they just got to... I mean, they'll, they'll get it together once they get used to different arenas. But that they got to touch up. Uh, the cameraman need to get a little bit of... They need it. They need a little more time to get it. I, I feel like they can get it. It's just their timing was off sometimes. Like they'll miss like a tope or something like that, and it'll it it doesn't mess up the show because eventually they'll get it at the end. But it's certain things that you need to like get together. Another thing is you can tell that WWE when they do their shit, they already have like a pre-setting where everything looks very bold and very bright and very colorful this I, felt a little muted and to be honest all they have to do is like they'll they'll get at all this but i guess it's because it's live tv you know it's it's not as simple as you know just doing like a regular show like impact would would be and uh it's also the size of this place because this place was fucking huge and then you know, but they they'll get all that. They'll get all that. I feel like with time, they understand everything. They'll get how to make things look crisper, make things look nicer, get certain cameras at the correct time, 
you know, we there's a lot of things that we take away from Kevin Dunn that he does do right, you know. We, you know, we kind of take it for granted. And here you see where some of the production was could be a little amped up. I'm going to give it a... I'm going to give it a good and a half, so about a three and a half. 3.5. Like, let me let me say this before Tess says this. The one thing that kind of bothered me when it came to the presentation, there was some replays that were kind of delayed. Like, when they did the battle roll. That's who. Yeah, yeah that's The choke who. slam. It took 30 seconds for them to put the replay of Joey Janela taking that table spot. Yeah, because they have to get somebody who's good enough to cut that shit as quick as WWE can. Also, WWE is on a delay, usually. Yeah, I feel like a, they didn't have a delay, so they didn't have the time to like set that up properly. Yeah. Uh, I right, go ahead. Have a presentation. Yeah, the presentation. Someone I can't remember who, but I saw them online. I think it, it might have been Twitter. They described it as WCW in 2019 if they had their shit together. And I think that's a perfect sort of explanation for it from the black ropes to unique sort of stage, the 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 way the crowd was lit. Like there was even a comparison picture of uh, Jericho and Moxley standing across yeah. and yeah. compared to, you know, a picture of them on Raw and just the vibe in the AEW picture looks so much cooler. The crowd is so much more alive. It, the, the production was really good. There were some camera snafus, but, you know, growing pains are a thing. Um, Yeah. By and large, it felt like a big time show. And that's what it needed to feel like. So definitely bars and a half presentation. The, the pyro, obviously pyro is great. Um, yeah. But other than that, they just got to fix some of the little technical issues. And But otherwise, it feels like a major league wrestling show. Tev, to uh, echo one of your sentiments, there was a point where you said, uh, where you were talking about how it kind of was WCW-esque. Yeah. And one one of those things is the fact that they had that big, fat logo in the ring. Yeah. I love those. I yeah, love I love those. those. I love those so much. And it also reminded me, because I said this on the recap of All In, um, the week after we saw it, that All In was basically was... NWO sold out 2.0 and I'm talking about the first NWO pay-per-view that was kind of bad yeah this one kind of topped it yeah this was real good card um you know I'm just gonna say quick five fucking stars this whole card gets I love this card I love this whole card none of nothing in this card disappointed me only one part in a match, kind of disappointed me, but it it picked up overall. The card gets a a fucking goat. Tev, I'm gonna let you go first. The if you go back to um our two year anniversary show, I believe it is. Yes, uh, I believe I said what I wanted in wrestling this year was for the variety in professional wrestling to shine through all elite wrestling. And that's what this card showed off. There was something, I believe, for everyone on this card. And that's what made it such a fun, enjoyable show. So, yeah, I'm going to give this. It's not perfect, but I'm going to give it bars and a half. 
Yeah, um, I was listening to Jericho kind of talk about this in a podcast. Of course, I'm that guy. <laughs> so I was listening to Jericho talk about this, and he was saying, like, he loved this card because of the fact that it's about how you paint your picture in that ring. It's about how you as an artist feel that wrestling should be. And that was awesome because everybody's definition of wrestling is different because they look for something different in it. And you want to have this variety. You want to have these people here because of the fact that then there's just almost like endless possibility of things you can do. And man, this, this card was something different because there were people that I knew like very well. There were people that I, you know, I've only touched the surface on. There were people that like, I've heard their name on podcasts and there were people that I didn't even know, but I think everyone delivered or names that I haven't heard in years. Uh, remember what's the name of that? Uh, Evan Kidd that used to be on that wrestling society. Actually. Jack Evans. Jack Evans. Yeah. yeah, that dude. That dude. It was great to see him again because I was like, Nick, I haven't seen you since MTV. <laughs> he was on Lucha. Yeah, but I didn't see him on there, unfortunately. I guess whenever he was on, I didn't, I wasn't watching or I didn't know. Yeah, he got more prominent like late season one, yeah. season two. Yeah. What do you give the card? In its total situation, I'm gonna give it a, I'm gonna give it a goat and a half, not goat and a half, a bar and a half. Four point five. Yeah. Seven. What did you What did you rate the card? Also four point five. Oh, so I'm the only one that rated a five. All right. Last but not least, probably the most important one, because I think everyone lost their fucking voices on this night. Crowd. Crowd gets a 5.50. I love the crowd. I love this crowd. The crowd was ready for wrestling. This crowd was perfect. They they popped for everyone they knew and loved. And for the people they didn't know, they were respectful. And they gave them a chance. And they, they, they allowed them to get over with them. Like... I think that was the biggest thing about this crowd because I think we knew like the excitement behind AEW, the the sort of fan base that it's targeted at and drawing in. There's no doubt in my mind this is going to be a loud crowd, but to see them also seemingly be so respectful and so engaged the entire time, it was it was excellent. It was excellent. So yeah, this gets a goat. Crowd was goat. Yeah, I give this crowd like a. Maybe, yeah, I'm going to give it like a 4.55, maybe, a GOAT. This crowd was excited. And even like, they, like I feel like they echoed all my feelings when it comes to like how I felt about matches and certain things. Like when I popped, they popped. When they were like, who the hell? I was like, who the hell? <laughs> and it was, it, at, when when Glacier came out, Jeez. <laughs> there was a few people that like I was like, yo, this is my crowd, yo. I would love to like book for this crowd. This crowd is amazing. Alright, guys. I'm gonna give it a goat, my bad. This is the official is goat. 
Let's go with the Sunday night heat matches. I'm gonna start with the uh the fucking battle royal. The match was um hold on, let me let me get the whole thing. Yeah, the match was 16 minutes flat. It was won by Hangman Page. Last person was eliminated was MJF. Um I I, I say I could give it an equal result as the all-in uh all-out battle royal or over the budget battle royal they did an all-in. This was entertaining. I loved it. Uh, uh, like I wouldn't say it was better than the one in All In, but there were some good moments here. I liked the whole concept that they did. Uh, five people coming out at a time due to the whole uh, deck of cards thing. It was great. Some surprises, like Sean Spears, uh, Hangman Page being the wild card, um, Glacier. Oh, man. Everyone took like six... Sick, sick ass bumps, sick ass spots. Luchasaurus over here giving motherfuckers, <laughs> killing motherfuckers on on the outside and shit. Marco's stunt taking that yeah. mean ass pounce from a, from AC Romero from AC. Joey Janela never got eliminated from that battle royal because his feet nor body never touched the ground. Mm-hmm. All right, he, he took that choke slam. Definitely touched the ground, <laughs> but the cameras didn't see it. Mm-hmm. So that should have been an awesome moment right there. Like, oh, cameras didn't see him actually get eliminated. His whole body landed on the table. But Orange Cassidy, bro, I love Orange Cassidy. It was the, the king of lazy style on Tommy Dreamer. Jimmy Havoc with the stapler gun. Staple to, to uh, Joy, uh, Joy Janela's forehead with the cigarette. Nigga stapled to, uh, Tommy Dreamer's balls. This match just gets a fucking... I, I did tell you guys I was going to give it a 3.5, but no, this shit gets a solid bars. Same thing as the all-in <laughs> one. Gets a solid bars. I love this one. Yeah, I'm going to give this a bars. This shit was fucking... It had funny. It had fun. It had extreme. It had epic. It had gross. It was it was everything. Sunny Kiss was hilarious. <laughs> fucking Tommy Dreamer, Dreamer ate booty. <laughs> fucking um like you you said most of the shit that i wanted to say uh glacier i f- 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 hey well we, everybody knows we love glacier over here so you already know I about love that, that. Man. billy gun the fuck <laughs> like fuck it i'm gonna wrestle yeah i'm surprised his son wasn't there because yeah where he, the fuck he, he could have gotten a gig just yeah. with billy gun working behind the scenes he would have gotten this, the gig you remember when um david uh bruno san martino brought his son in it's like, oh, he got the gig because of his dad. <laughs> but to be honest, like Austin, Austin Gunn is decent. I, I don't know why. Oh well. I mean, I guess they didn't feel like he was necessary in this. I mean, we got didn't have fest. a spot for him. Yeah, we'll wait. And, and see. we also had a uh, my boy, man, Ty Dillinger, A.K. Sean Spears. That shit was dope. I was like, damn, yo, I wish WWE used you to your potential. Uh, he said that he's not sure if it's like, you know. Set straight because he hasn't signed yet. Yeah, but he, he said he most likely hopes that everything turns out for, because he wants to sign. So let's see what happens. What do you give the match? The match, I give it a bars and a half. This was... A fun battle. Run. I don't think it was as good as the all-in one, just because like there were little hitches here and there. Like 
the, the pacing was a little bit weird, but honestly, it's like Six said, this had a little bit of something for everybody in terms of just gimmicks and crazy characters and wacky shit. Like, if you want, like, if you're one of those people who's just like, oh, I don't want to just see work written wrestling, this had a bunch of gimmicks. <laughs> a bunch. Fucking, I love that everyone fell in love with Orange Cassidy in this thing. Because, like, I've, I've, you know, we've been watching him for a while. Like, I, I think the first match I saw of him was um the one with Kylie Ray. That shit was awesome. But, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Orange Cassidy was, like, the breakout star of this thing. Everyone's been yeah. like, damn, who's Orange Cassidy? I got to find out more about this guy. And shit like that is why I'm glad AEW even exists. Because Jimmy Havoc is another one who, yes, he's a crazy bastard. Janela was great. Marco Stunt. <laughs> I love that Marco Stunt was in this. Jungle Boy. Yeah, I was going to say Yoshi Mark for uh, Jungle Boy. My wife, the the same thing. Because she was watching it at um at her family barbecue with her brother-in-law. So I was like, just watch the battle roll because Jungle Boy is going to be there. Because she loves Luke Perry. But uh, yeah, this was this was fun. I'm going to give it a good and a half. 3.5. 3.5 Um So what was that? I said bars, he said uh good and a half. What do you get? I, I said four point five were bars. Like yeah, solid so bars to there. We're literally like um we're raising the bar. Yeah, we're raising the bar on this one. Yeah, I'm more Tevin got three point five. We are the bar. I I'm surprised four, you said four point five. I'm surprised Tevin's not telling me. Why are you not going Meltzer on this? <laughs> no, because I know you not got some, some Meltzers later. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um. Next match, uh, singles match, Kip Sabian taking on Sammy Guevara. Ten minutes flat. This was probably the first time that I ever got to see Kip Sabian perform at all. Never heard of this kid. Never seen him perform. When I saw the card that he was going to be in here, I'm like, Okay, I'll give him a chance. I don't want to be one of those that's like, okay, I have never seen you, so you might suck. But he kind of impressed me. He really did impress me. This match was actually top-notch. This was cruiserweight match at its finest. Good cruiserweight match between these two. Like, I know how you talk about um, Humberto. Humberto Carillo. Like, he's really amazing. He's really amazing. I wish he didn't go to 205 Live and improve in AEW, but... He's good where he is. But these two guys, these two guys um, basically said, we're taking the Cruiserweight division, we're putting it to a whole new level. And they did because the crowd loved every minute of it. And I love Kev Sabian because of this match. I'm going to give this match another bars. Before Tevin goes, do you think they're going to go, uh, this is for both of you, do you think they're going to go uh, Cruiserweight or Junior Heavyweight or Light I Heavyweight? I say come up with a different name. Like when we went to IWW, the press conference, and they came up with the Phoenix Division, yeah. I actually like that name. So I think they need to come up with a, a new name for the junior division. Seven? Um if they're if they're gonna do like the sports kind of field, then I I do think they are bound to like actual sports terms. So I think they'll probably use like cruiserweight or something similar. But I don't know, something different would also be cool. But I think they'll use cruiserweight or uh, an actual weight classification. So maybe featherweight or that's too light. 
<laughs> yeah, and no, I don't think they'll use featherweight. Be, I think that I'd be fine with that. Because bantamweight is like women's division. Yeah. yeah. But there's the really light heavyweights, which are usually... But they use light heavyweight, too, and they use cruiser, they So I mean, then true. again, if they got people like fucking Marco Stutt, then <laughs> they might have to not do weight divisions. No, yeah, I thought this was a solid little match. I thought this was a good way to... uh. You know, again, because most of this is going to be debuting guys to the world at large. So, yeah, I thought this was a solid little showcase for, you know, two guys. Sammy Guevara. I like Sammy Guevara a lot. I'm going to give it a good three stars. The fuck boy. Yeah, the fuck boy. <laughs> fuck boy one versus fuck boy two. Boy two. Yeah. This was the battle of the soy boys. Uh, thank you, UK, for the reference of soy boy. If I was to put these guys in a commercial... Because I consider, I consider this a douchebag match because they both look like douchebags. Yep. Axes, Sammy Guevara, and Old Spice's Kip Sabian. Oh, my God. <laughs> so this match felt like a very um, high pace, like you guys said, very cruiserweight-esque. And the fact that these dudes were both like the prettiest dickheads ever, like these motherfuckers. <laughs> like I wanted to boo both of them, but they were both good. It was like, Fuck boy one, fuck boy two, soy boy, soy boy. I fucking hate Kip Sabian. <laughs> Yo, I never forgot his name. He really got heat out of me. I was like, fuck this son of a bitch. <laughs> I'm like, he's good, but fuck him. <laughs> yeah, I I think this match would get, uh, I guess I'll give it a, I'll give it a bars. It was a bars. It was my type of match because I loved watching 205 and shit like that. So, yeah. And now for the uh, the opener of the show, a six man tag team match, SoCal Uncensored taking on the Strong Hearts. Uh, yeah. Uh, so uh, SoCal Uncensored defeated Strong Hearts 13 minutes and 40 seconds. Um. I can't wait to see what the the OWE is going to bring to all elite wrestling. Having these guys come in and watch them wrestle for the first time. These guys are very colorful. They're very charismatic. They're very good with their ring work. And most importantly, these guys know how to get the crowd riled up. I first saw SoCal Val coming in in their Vegas gear, acting all evil Knievel. Love it. The whole match was just marvelous. I love it. I loved every minute of it. There was some good high spots. There was some great spots. Um, I think it was the ending where Christopher Daniels did the, the B&E and someone was in a pile driver position from the Stronghearts. That was awesome. I love that spot. I'm going to give this match overall solid bars. SCU. SCU. I fucking love SCU. Uh, I love Shima. Shima's the fucking shit. I love T-Hawk. I've always liked T-Hawk. Lindemann, I haven't seen as much of, but like I know like he used to team in uh Reserk with uh Shingo. So I've seen little bits, little bits of him here and there. But this match was Six really goddamn good professional wrestlers, <laughs> professional professionally wrestling. 
Like, so crisp, so smooth. It was the perfect sort of opener that you would want on a show like this. I'm going to give this bars for flat. Yo, <clears throat> I sometimes forget what a treat it is to have Christopher Daniels in a match. I forget how much he just, he's so innovative. innovative. Everything he does, in, in, innovative. He, he, everything that he did in this match was like, the entire time I was like, okay, I don't really know some of these guys. I know SCU, of course. And I'm over here just watching Christopher Daniels because, like, I watch him, but, like, it's been a while since I actually sat down and, like, paid attention to, like, how important this dude is to matches. Like, there were so many spots here that I was just like, where the fuck did he think? Like, how do you think of this? Like, (laughs) Like, how do you come up with this shit? And, yeah, man, this match was... It was so fast-paced. It was so boom, 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 boom. Every time you turn around, there was something else happening. I'm going to give this bars. Next match we had was originally a triple threat. Match was 11 minutes and 10 seconds. The The contenders were Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, going up against Smiley Kali Ray, and... Nyla Rose. Now, before the match even began, Brandy Rhodes, the chief Brandy officer, comes out in her gear and basically states that I don't want a great match. I want an awesome match. And the surprise came when Welfare Queen herself, Awesome Kong, made her return to the wrestling ring and became a fatal four-way i loved all four of these women in this match all four of them especially fucking nyla rose she put on a killing she reminded me of jazz just five times bigger five times bigger like if nyla rose existed in the attitude era you know for damn sure you see a lengthy women's championship ring with her um the turnbuckle spot that these guys did. I loved it. The crowd loved it. I know you guys loved it. The guys that I was with at Legends loved it. Everyone was on their feet for this women's match. Another bars. Just for the return of Awesome Kong and that pop, everyone loved it. Oh, man. I fucking love Awesome Kong. She can't move like she used to, but... She can still fucking be Awesome Kong. Like, she's still menacing. She's still intimidating. She can still kill bitches dead when she needs to. God damn, I love Awesome And she awesome can act. Kong. Yes. Yes. She's, she, Glow's coming back soon, too. August, I believe. Yeah, I can't wait. So, yeah. Can't fucking wait. Give Welfare Queen the strap. But, uh... Give her the crown. Yeah, give her the damn crown. But, uh... Yeah. I love Smiley Kylie. Like, <laughs> she's the goddamn best. <laughs> like, when she started crying, yo. Yeah, she's such a damn oh. sweetheart. Like, she's what they should have done with goddamn Bailey in WWE. But, you know, whatever. Her gimmick is literally inspired by Bailey. But, Britt Baker's awesome. Nyla Rose, 
She's clearly the least experienced. But because of her size, because all her spots with Kong were really cool. So she has a ton of potential to get better. Like, she was not out of place in this match at all. Because I saw some people say that. Like, she she looked fine in this match. She's going to only get better. Especially given the caliber of women that she's going to be working with. If they're in the tier of girls like Britt Baker and Kylie Ray. Kylie Ray is really actually goddamn good. Like, she plays the gimmick really well. But she's really smooth and crisp in the ring. But uh, this match gets a 3.5. Good and a half. Like... You mentioned uh, Kylie Ray. Um, you mentioned the match that, he, that she had with Orange Cassidy. Was that from Beyond Wrestling? Yep. Because I saw that match yesterday. Yep. Um, that was the second ever Kylie Ray match that I saw. I didn't know anything about her until like the the promos that they were doing for being the elite, and I got to know her a little bit more. Yeah. I love her gimmick. It's great, and she's pretty as fuck. The match with Orange Cassidy. Watch it. It's really fucking good. I saw it yesterday. I yeah. loved it. Yeah. I loved it. There you go, Isaacs. Boy, when Awesome Kong came in that fucking arena, <laughs> the crowd exploded because they knew it was going to happen. That face-off between Nyla Rose and Awesome Kong. And to hear her be called Awesome Kong, that shit felt good. Like, she didn't go back to the freaking- Karma. Home. Karma moniker. She didn't try to do anything. It was awesome, Kong. Like, yes, fucking TNA, awesome Kong. I popped for that. Yeah. Um. Uh. To basically kind of like uh, repeat something my boy Tev over here said. Yes, you can tell that Nyla Rose was like not as up there as the other girls because they were a bit uh, more mobile. I remember there was a part. Where I don't think she was supposed to uh, hit Awesome Kong, where the other two girls came in and they started hitting her. And if she was supposed to hit Awesome Kong, she was like barely trying. And then when Awesome Kong like threw them off, like it just felt a little awkward. There was little moments like that that were just like, ah, what? But everything else was crazy. I like the fact that we had all these different contrasts and styles again. Uh, awesome Kong has more of that, you know, traditional uh, lady wrestler kind of style that TNA, you know, embedded in her. You know, Nilo was a bit kind of like a a very rudo lucha libre type of kind of like a wrestler. Uh, Britt was more of a you know clean style indie type, more technical style. Yeah. And then you had uh, what's the name of uh, Little Bailey 2.0? Kylie Ray. Yeah, Kylie she's Ray. Smiley so Kylie smiley, Kylie. She's so adorable. She's adorable. I, yo, when she came out crying, I was like, "I feel you, I feel you." And then she sucked it up, went in there, had this match. She banged it out, and she has like this sympathetic thing about her. She's a great baby face. Yes, she is. And I feel like if WWE tapped into this, maybe Bailey would be a a better character. Because when she had to fight, she was in there fighting. But when, you know, when it came to the crowd, she did everything to make us, like, fall in love with her. And if she, if we were in the UK, I, I think we you could hear those, those, uh, those, sing, those songs and shit. So, yeah, I'm going to give this match, I'm going to give this uh, a bars 
Low bar, but still bar. So let's have, um, I do have another Orange Cassidy match that you should watch because I saw it earlier today. Go. I might have seen it. <laughs> um, him versus Gentleman Jervis or Jarvis? Jervis Gambelli. Yeah, I seen it. <laughs> Wrestle Circus? Yeah. Yeah. I had to watch that. <laughs> now, I wanted to get your honest opinion on this because this is the next match that we're going to talk about. But I want to get this out of the way first before we do anything. You watch Chikara, right? Here and there. Okay. Do you know anything about these guys, the Super Smash Bros? What was your reaction when they debuted? Okay. See, at first, you know, the lights came out and they came back on and they're just standing in the ring. And I'm looking at Dose, super stupefied. The guy that's not in a mask. And okay. he looks he looked a little different. So I didn't recognize him. So I'm like, who? But right before the lights went back up, I looked above him and I'm like, oh, wait, that's player Uno. And then the lights went back out. Then the lights came back on. And then all the other guys, the minions and shit were surrounding the ring. And then I'm like, yeah, it's player Uno. That's the Smash Bros. So eventually I recognized him. But I, I guess people... <laughs> not as many people watch the car as one would hope, <laughs> but they were, yeah. they've been in PW. Like they were in one of the best PWG matches of all time. I I feel, uh, they had that triple threat ladder match with, um, future shock and the young bucks. It was like 2012. Yeah. At, at, I think it was just pretty unknown yeah. at first because I did like the crowd when they chanted, who are you? I'm like, yeah. okay, yeah, it made a lot of <laughs> sense because nobody knows who the fuck these guys are. Yeah. I didn't even know who the hell these guys were yeah. because you know I like I watched a lot of Japanese stuff but Jakar was like one of those where it's like I didn't have the time or I didn't put in the effort to watch it but when some of the guys that I was with at Legends told me who the fuck these guys were I'm like okay I gotta watch this stuff see what the hell they what they're capable of and yo these guys are really good especially when they did that fucking finisher on the top rope oh my god like i thought the who are you chance should have just stopped right there because yo that top rope finisher that these guys have i love it i fucking love it oh yeah no once people see the smash bros and actually they're not going to be called the smash bros anymore by the way there's no fucking way nintendo will eat them alive yeah exactly but, just ask soldier yeah. boy yeah but, um <laughs> when know people about actually that. see them in action they're gonna get over because they're really fucking all right, so let's get on with this uh, with this match that happened. It was uh, the best friends, Chuck Taylor and Chuck Chamberita, taking on Angelico and Jack Evans in a singles tag match. was 12 minutes and 35 seconds of just straight-up technical lucha things. This match was amazing. I don't know what spot was it that blew me away, but I think it was, a, 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 I think it was Jack Evans... Or one of the best friends dudes, they were on a top rope or a springboard moonsault and they fucking landed on the outside. And I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> like, yo, that spot was crazy. I've never seen a spot like that since Ray Phoenix does a springboard and flip on the top rope and then does an arm drag to someone. Like, how do you do that? How do you even? But yeah, this match was just like springboard trampoline fest. For Jack Evans and a Helico, when these two put on a, a tag match together or a singles match, whether if it's Lucha Underground, any indie fed, 
it's not even that they'll steal the show. You're going to get the huge pop from these guys, especially from Jack Evans, because we've seen him from the Wrestling Society X days. And that guy got a huge pop when he faced Matt Seidel in his first match. Oof. Remember when Matt Seidel had that chick with him? Yeah. And he was like, Matt Young. And it was at that time that Jack Evans was wrestling in Mexico, too, because his, his whole style was just straight up parkour lucha. I'm going to give this match. I wanted to give this match a... um. A five star, but the the whole ending to it with the Super Smash Brothers coming in legit caught me off guard. I didn't know who the fuck they were, and I didn't want to be like that kind of a dick and give it a high grade. So I'll give this one a four point five. <laughs> uh, I fucking hated fucking Angelico and uh, Jack Evans. Jack Evans, uh, what do you call it? Attire. Everyone this- was wearing green. Yeah. Everyone was. I'm like, what in the fuck were they thinking? I called it bootleg gold dust. <laughs> like, that's what it looked like. It looked mad bad. I was looking at this shit like, what are you wearing? <laughs> I, I, I couldn't, I couldn't fuck with this outfit at all. That being said, that's, that's bullshit. That's extra BS. That being said, this match was as flippy. Like, I, I was watching this match like Tevin must be losing his mind right now. Because this shit was about as flippy as flippy. I had so much fun. I was thinking the same thing when I was at Legends. Like, yeah, Tevin must be losing his fucking mind right now after seeing this match. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm watching this shit and I'm just like, yo, what the fuck is going on? Uh, Trent Beretta and uh, what's the other guy? And Helico. Oh, no. Chuck Taylor. No, no, no. Chuck T. The best friends? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Chuck T. So they remind me of like, if you take... If... You take the Golden Lovers and mix them with uh, Motor City Machine Guns, which is like, that's how they kind of felt to me in this match, which is kind of cool. It was like a nice little blend of like, they, they're some badass wrestlers. They can do some flippy shit. They, they were good. And then uh, Angelico and uh, Evans on the other side was like, I was like, yo, calm the fuck down. Fuck Who down. gave you this much sugar? Like, <laughs> like, bro, your mom ain't tell you not to drink, <laughs> take that much sugar. Like, these motherfuckers had ants in their pants. They did not give a fuck. Straight this up. was like kind of hardcore low key, but not really hardcore. Like, these motherfuckers was going ham. I'm going to give this, uh, I'm going to give it a solid bar. Damn near everything's getting a solid bar today. Actually, no, this is going to get a bar and a half. Because I love this fucking flippy nonsense. I love it. <laughs> and then there were eruptions at the end, and that was all cool. And who are you? <laughs> and you know what's crazy? Like, Eric used to always put, like, a Chikara in my house. And I never fucking, like, I, was, I didn't put two and two together. I was like, who are these guys? Some UK guys? Yeah. Like, yeah. That, you know, usually I assume some random UK guys when I don't know them. King of Trios this year. Scott Steiner, Jordan Grayson, fucking Petey Williams. That's going to be the best shit ever. Yeah. Did you send me that? Did you send me that picture? Or did um, I, I put think it someone sent me that yeah. shit before? When, yeah. I saw that. I'm like, what in the fuck? I thought um, Jordan Jordan Grace was Maria Manic for a minute. Yeah. She would also fit with, with Scott and Petey. It's Jordan. You could say Jordan. Jordan Grace. I, I've always said Jordan. Tevin? It's the same yeah, thing. Jordan. Jordan, Jordan. It's the same shit. Fuck. 
You know how I feel about flippy shit. You guys said it. I fucking love this. And yep. this wasn't even the flippiest <laughs> match on the show. <laughs> this got blown away later on. But God, I oh, yeah. love this. Like, I love the best friends. The the Okada hug <laughs> where they hugged and it zoomed out. <laughs> that was great. Yeah, at the end where they were like, hug, hug, hug. <laughs> oh, yeah, because when the, the, the heart cam zooms out after they yeah. hug and shit. Yeah. And they touch my soul with all these tributes to the motor the motor city machine guns. Touch my soul. Yeah. The guns are one of my favorite tag teams of all time. Yeah, same here. And I love that they got shown so much love between this and the other tag match with the Young Bucks and the Lucha Bros. Just really good, really fun. And Helico and Jack Evans. Jack Evans has been around forever, been fucking killing it. And this is like maybe the biggest stage he's ever gotten to be on. And I'm so happy for him. This was awesome. I'm giving this straight bars. 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 Alright, so the next match we had was a six-woman Japanese tag team match that lasted 13 minutes and 10 seconds. Hikaru Shida, Ryo Abe, and Ryo uh, Mizunami. Ryo Mizunami, okay, uh, against Aja Kong, Yuka Zakaza- uh, Zakazaki, and Emi Sakura. Did I get that right? Emi Sakura, but yeah, Yuka Zakazaki. You got that. Yeah, yeah, because they they do it like Sakura or yeah. Sakura's. It's like the same thing. It's, we had different dialect, but lucky I didn't botch that. Nah, shit. yeah, <laughs> you got it. <laughs> I knew nothing about the five women except for Aja Kong, so this was this was very brand new to me. Um, I will say this: um, one of the girls I was holding double championships. I hate those titles. <laughs> <laughs> it just looks like those belts that you could buy for hundred fifty fucking they dollars look online. Paper, right? And not even paper. Like cardboard like, and shit. <laughs> it's like rubber. the leather was like <laughs> plastic ass cardboard yeah. with the with the metal being <laughs> soaked in like you could, that you could fucking get color on your forehead. Yo, you could fucking fold that, that title bone, put it in your book bag. <laughs> yeah, word. <laughs> but look, um this match everyone kept saying that this was the longest match throughout for the women. Um it kind of was, but it wasn't like the longest match overall. This match was pretty good. I mean, I don't know any of these women from a hole in the wall, minus Isaac, minus Isaac Kong, because I know her very well. But I think all these women really captivated the opportunity with pay-per-view time for them to put on a good showing and everything else. I loved every minute of it. I don't really remember most of the match because that was the moment where everyone went outside to go smoke. But I watched it again, and I'm just like, oh, everyone here, everyone here was great. Not perfect, but great. Um, Someone in that group was dressed up as Freddie Mercury, and it was cool. I liked it. I, I'll give this match a solid good. I wanted to rank it higher, but again... I don't know most of these women. I don't watch Stardom. I don't watch any of the female Japanese federations that are out. Um, it's nice that they got pay-per-view time and they got to showcase themselves. And it's nice that the crowd got to know who these people are. And even us. Yeah, I'm, you know, not a solid three. 3.5. 3.5! All right, I'm, I'm going to hit you with this. Um, 
Yeah, so it was a girl dressed as uh, <laughs> Freddie Mercury. There was another one dressed as Jasmine from Aladdin. Okay. Yeah. Uh, then we had, uh, and you know what's crazy? <laughs> she looked like she took uh, Christopher Daniels' uh, Mike Pole, whatever gimmick that he had. It it looked like the same exact one. Yeah, because I forgot that um Christopher Daniels did sing a a Queen lyric yeah. during the opener, and he had the mic with him. So yeah. I'm guessing she just let her bra that shit. Yeah, he was like, "Uh, you want to use this, <laughs> Freddie Mercury?" But she had <laughs> yeah. the the Freddie Mercury mustache, which Christopher Daniels didn't yeah. have. Let me give you a little insight on this match. This match was hard hitting as fuck. Aja Kong made me feel like. I want you versus Awesome Kong now, because, like, I see how hard you hit. I see how hard she hits. Let's get it together, you know what I'm saying? And, you know, I know about her from back in the day, like, way back in the day. Like, Jesus. She she slowed down a lot, obviously. She's probably a lot older now. But she was still in there hitting hard as fuck. There was a lot of girls in this match who I didn't, well, I didn't know most of them. We so, didn't know them from a hole in the wall. Yeah, but they all, at the end of the match, like, really got me into it. I, I I, was like, yo, but these women are legit wrestling. Like, this is a fucking match. Fucking strong style with women. Like, this shit is crazy. There was this lady who looked like a female Okada. <laughs> yeah, I was going to bring that up. Her, like, fuck. She was badass. She was a fucking tough motherfucker. And then there was uh, the two girls on her team. They were tough as nails, too. And, you know, then you had uh, the two other girls that they were a little more comedy. But as soon as they got in the ring, they got serious. They got their self serious. serious I think Tevin could agree with me, <laughs> even though we don't watch women's Japanese wrestling like that. Yeah. I think me and Tevin could agree on this since we're big on Japanese stuff. This match was basically like, a cork and hall match. Do you agree, Tav? Yep. Yep. That's a good that's a good way to describe it. So there were a few botches here and there, nothing too serious. So I'm gonna also give it a good and a half. Not even a good and a half. I'm gonna give it a good and three quarters. Like it's it was almost a bar. Like there was a couple mishaps with the ref or something. I didn't I missed that whole finish to that match. I didn't get it. Yeah, they messed up with the uh yeah, the ring bell, I believe, at the end. They rang it. Yeah. Yeah, they just rang it for the fuck of it. And I was like, what? Yeah, <laughs> and what? I was like, okay, I guess it's over now. But it was during yeah, the was, match itself. The match was good. I was like the biggest delay, the biggest botch yeah. ever. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, what in the fuck? Uh, so, yeah, going into this, I knew Aja Kong because duh. I knew Hikaru Shida and I knew Emi Sakura because she started, uh, what's, his, what's his name? Ice Ribbon. And I, I remember seeing stuff from that promotion here and there. But uh, yeah, the other girls I didn't know, and fuck, they got they all got over with the crowd. They all got their personalities, they all got their styles over. Like, this is what Joshi does. Like, if you've, if you've ever watched Joshi, like Hazel said, this is a Cork and Hall match. Like, very showy, but also very you know stiff and technical at the same time. Like, it's, it's I enjoyed this. Uh, the Mizunami. Badass. Mio Mizunami. <laughs> she was the one, you know, with the Freddie Mercury and the weird charisma and all that. Yeah. Okay. She was fun. Like, people were looking at her at the beginning, like, all right, what's her deal? But the the more she got to show off her stuff in the match, the more people got into her. And I thought that was cool. But, uh, yeah. 
anytime you can go in with no one really knowing who you are and come out of it with everybody giving you an ovation and you got over, that's that's a good night's work. I'm giving this three and three quarters bar, not bars, goods and three quarters. Just to remind Tevin of some laws right quick. Uh, remember that girl that her attire just looked like it was about to peel off? Yeah. That's just her attire. <laughs> like I looked, her, I looked her up and I was like, oh, she always looks this way. Oh, that's a weird ass <laughs> outfit. It looks like it's about to fall off. <laughs> but yeah, that's just, I was looking at a lot at the, the, you know, the, I guess the, the attires because I always look at attires. I always, uh, that's part of the, it's part of the show to me. Like the way you look, the way you present yourself is always a part of the show to me, you know? That kind of tells me at first glance, more or less, what you're going to be about or something like that. Or like how your how your humor is or little things like that. And, you know, I really appreciate the fact that all these people came out looking one way and their matches were just like, damn, wait a minute. I didn't expect that from this motherfucker. So, yeah, that was dope. The triple main event. Next match was brother versus brother, Rhodes versus Rhodes, or Runnels versus Runnels, Cody versus Dustin. 22 minutes and 30 seconds. And wow, I'm just going to give you my rating right now 5.5. First of all, <laughs> let me say this much. Everything from the promo package to Cody coming out to Brandy giving him the sledgehammer to him destroying Triple H's Shao Kahn WrestleMania 30 chair. Because, oh, my God, that was a reboot of Mortal Kombat fucking nine. And Triple H is fucking pissed. He is legit pissed. That is the ruler of fucking Outworld. Yo, can I tell you something that I noticed, though? If you look at the video package with Randy... That they've been having with Triple H versus Randy for that show that nobody's watching. Oh, fuck that show. <laughs> but in that video, they had him on that chair. On that same exact chair. And I was like, Triple H, you cheeky little cunt. I know you snuck that in there for a good reason. I was a, I was a dumbass at first because I was one of those that said, oh, that's the Mania 22 chair. That's it right there. But I'm like, no, that's not it. Because the chair was thicker. It, it had, it was more bulkier. This one was thinner. And I just loved how Cody destroyed that shit. It was just like, it's basically saying war has begun. You call this a piss hand fed? Your chair, your gimmick, your bodybuilding phase, even your, your old terrorizing gimmick is nothing more than a piss hand. And he proved it. Dustin coming out with the all red and half face paint. I loved it. It was very resembling. The one thing that I caught me off oh, guard. Shit. Do you hear that? Do you hear that? You son of a bitch. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> uh, oh, my shit. favorite moment in Dustin's outfit. When um when you saw the back of his outfit, you see his vertebrae and it says natural on it. I love that. Ooh. It was awesome. The whole match was basically <coughs> all in part two, minus the NWA heavyweight title, minus Nick Aldis, and minus Cody getting some color. This time, Brandy Rose interfered. She got escorted out by DDP. Dustin, oh my God, with that, with all that blood. It reminded me of Mania 13 between uh, Austin and Brett. 
that whole man. The one botch that I could say that I didn't like was the um the Spanish fly that they tried to do. It was horrible. It was botchy and like they both flipped, but it didn't connect perfectly. But I think the crowd didn't give a fuck about it because I think they were more focused on like what is the ending of this match. I think by that point, Dustin had lost so much fucking blood that he was just like, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing anymore. <laughs> and you understand, like the, that man is at his fifties now. To see him actually put on a five star match with his brother, this was better than the match that they had in Fastlane when the ref fucked up that pin. Again, I get. I, I, this still stays as a 5.5. This was overall, and I think overall for all of us, this was our favorite match of the night. This was WCW territorial Great American Bash 1991. You give your rating? Yeah, I said that was the first thing I said before oh, I started. Oh, yeah, that, 5. that's why you did it backwards. Yeah, so I'm like, I'm like, where the fuck is the rating? Oh, he, he said it early. All right, uh, <clears throat> this shit right here. I'm not a squeamish dude normally, you know. I, I can, I can tolerate a lot of crazy shit. I used to be a fucking ECW head, but in modern times, <laughs> to to see fucking mass transit amounts of blood everywhere, that shit was scary. That shit was scary. Apparently, uh, what uh. What Dustin said was that they had a wolf head on uh, Cody's cane, or basically, it's supposed to be like Pharaoh. But I didn't see him come out with a cane. He said he came out with a cane that can't, that Brandy had, and it had a little wolf head on it. That's what he said. And what happened is it was so like sharp and so big that it just when she went to nail him with it. She hit him a little too hard, and it just started pouring. What I think happened is that he 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 fucked up. <laughs> That's you know what, what I think happened. I feel like he cut way too deep with the blade job. You wanna know what I think it was? Yeah. Um, there was a spot where the turnbuckle was loose and shit. I think he hit his head on there, and he did the same thing that his brother did when he um, when he competed at All In. Because remember, he took five minutes to get color. He had to hide under the commentary table. Well, not the commentary table, like the timekeeper's table to just cut himself. And I think um, Dustin did the same thing. He went under the ring after the spear. Because I do believe that what after, I do believe that right after he took that turnbuckle spot, he was supposed to color. But I think the color didn't come in or just blended in with his fucking red paint and it didn't show. So he cut it even more in order for it to you know, like come out more. I'll admit this. He didn't do it like Eddie did. Cause Eddie cut too deep, but he reminded me of Vince from mania 19, like that $10,000, $10,000 picture with him in that crimson mask on the apron of the ring. And he's like this and he's facing Hogan, a picture like Dustin having that, that's a $50,000 picture right there. And that's something that Dustin has never really done. He's never bled like that ever. If you remember the match that he had when he was in a truck and he wrestled some dude and they weren't supposed to bleed at the time, but they needed color in order to make the story go. He didn't bleed that much, but there was some color going on there. This one, even at his age, 
was just beautiful. I love the color here. I didn't care if it was like too much. I'm I not think screaming. it was. I think, contrary to what you said, I, I think it was like Eddie levels of fucking blood. Like I saw blood every fuck when he moved his head up and that shit just started squirting out the top of his head and he started going ah i was like dad i was like that's austin right there that's 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 gonna be on pictures that's his becky moment when she broke her nose that's austin when uh he hit that bump <laughs> and like i said that's vincent mania yeah. 19 it was that level of color and i was like damn I fucking out, but I was squeamish though for a little bit because I when it started squirting out of his head like a cartoon character, that shit was. It's like you severed a limb or some shit. That shit was like. What do you What do you give the rating? Jesus, I'm gonna give this a five. I'm gonna give this a go. Can I say the only reason before Seven says this? Can I tell you the only reason why I gave this a five point five? This was the one match where I literally shed tears. I love this match, especially the ending when they plugged the brother versus brother match at Fighter Fest. Now, here's the thing, right? When they were doing that, I knew that promo. Yeah, you knew that promo was coming. I knew that promo, but not not that I was coming or nothing like that. I knew that promo when he was saying it. And I kept saying, where the fuck is that from? And then somebody on the internet posted when... Dusty spoke to Dustin. He's like, can you carry me? Can you carry this old man? You know, I signed my name on the dotted line, baby. And I was like, yes, that's where the fuck it's from. That's where it came from. And I was like, this is a full circle match. Everything here, they did it for, for dad. I know he was proud because, damn, son, this was absolutely bonkers. Tev? Where were you when Cody Rhodes finally shed his nickname of the three-star general and became the five-star general? So yeah, nigga, were you right off the bat? <laughs> well, I was. I was at Jack Dempsey's, but <laughs> I was with you. <laughs> I was at Legends, so I know for sure. Yeah. You were down the block. Yeah. <laughs> we were around, but. Yeah. We were together in spirit. Just, yeah. Yeah. just keep that in mind. Well, we were together on the chats. <laughs> we were down the block from each other. So it wasn't but the, 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 the blood in this match, mood of scale shit. Like, Hell yeah. Yes. And fucking, I'm with you, Six. Like, that was a lot of goddamn blood. Hell yeah. And I mean, just the visual of like Dustin sitting up in the ring exhausted and beaten down. And his face is completely red, but it's not face paint anymore. Like, you don't know where the blood ends and the face paint begins. Fucking. Goddamn, what a visual. This, there was, this was maybe the most emotionally gripping match of the decade. Like, you think of emotional matches, like. Golden Lovers and the Young Bucks or even Kenny and Tanahashi from this year or Bushi Tanahashi from the G1 final or, or Daniel Bryan getting to the top of WrestleMania. Shawn Michaels versus Flair, which is, you know, 11 years ago at this point. But like Kofi Kingston versus Daniel Bryan. Kofi Kingston versus Bryan uh, this year. Cody yeah. versus Aldis. Yeah, Austin just, versus Brett. All these emotional matches. And this was on par, maybe even a 
love all that. That post-match promo. Triple H versus Foley? That that post-match promo. Unbelievable callback. As someone with brothers, I felt that when he said, I don't need a partner. I need my older brother. Remind you that he was um he was getting teary when he said that final part. Just they like Dusty were. was when he when yeah. he called for Dustin to be his partner in that first promo. Mm-hmm. You care, my old ass. Yes. Oh, <laughs> so good. This is take note, WWE. Not to turn this into a WWE bashing because that's not what I want to do here. But I only say this because this is what Cody wanted to do in WWE. This is what he wanted for his feud with Goldust. And they wouldn't give it to him. So he went out, he built this company, and he made it happen here. And it was fucking phenomenal. This is a GOAT. Five stars. And this is just for all of you out there. You can make it happen. Yes, you can. If you believe in yourself, if you work hard, if you know that you are doing everything you can, that you are doing every last thing you can and you know that you're better than what the fuck you're doing go do that follow your fucking dreams so after that match we have Bret Hart come out to present the AEW World Championship and let's just give our rating on the belt overall I give this belt a legit 4.5 I love the belt. It's very territorial. I love the fact that it has four, the four corners on the globe on the centerpiece, even if it's tiny, it has the four uh, corners on the globe on the side plates. I just love this belt. This belt is basically, oh my God. The fact that I found out that the guy that made this belt took him 13 hours to do the, just to do the stones. Oh my God. This belt, this belt is amazing. It's beautiful. I love it. I can't wait to see the other belts when they come out. This belt, no fucking, not a 4.5. This belt gets a go. I love this belt. I love it. And I love the fact that it's a five-plated belt. This nigga and his five-plated <laughs> I hate three-plate belts. They're so lazy. Big old belt. <laughs> They're just so lazy. Nigga, big old belt is the best belt. We said this too, Six. <laughs> when Brett yep. revealed the belt, he was like, oh, God, Hazel's going to be so happy. <laughs> oh, Lord. Yeah, I was like, oh. I, I actually hit him up on the chat and I said, are you happy? Yeah. <laughs> I could have been more happier in my fucking life when that belt came out. I I like this belt. It's better than anything WWE is doing. I'll tell you that by far. But to me, it's a little too busy. Like. I like my belts to be a little more simple. Like, you know, I like my belts to look like if you took a wrestling belt and you took a boxing belt and you like messed around with it and like made it look like. So like the cruiserweight belt, I love the cruiserweight belt. Sometimes I wish it were black and gold, but purple and silver works for them. Uh, If it was a world title and they did that shit like black and gold, that would be a dope belt. But that that's just my preference. I like those like old school like one of my favorite belts is uh not the regular winged eagles from the like ninety seven before that, but like ninety eight on the, the navy blue. one. Yeah, the navy blue one with the big eagle and the big that's the one that's like my favorite design ever. Like I love how <laughs> simple yet beautiful it is. 
It's elegant, but it's not too crazy. Like this belt to me, I'm gonna give it a gonna give it a bars, a solid bars. It's a good belt, better than anything WWE's doing right now. But I honestly wish it was a little less busy. I'm not really into I don't like really busy belts. Or titles. I can see I can see how you 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 think it's a little too busy. I can see that point of view. I don't know. It works for me. Like it for me, it's the right amount of busy. Like the the I think the middle plate, the big plate draws you in, and the side plates complement it very well. Like that big AEW in the middle. Like it, it looks like a world championship. Like that's gonna look good around Jericho's waist or Kenny's waist or anyone. Anyone, hangman, yeah, hangman. Anyone who wears that belt is gonna look good in it. I feel like it's it, it, it's a it's a very nice looking belt. I liked it a lot. I'm also gonna give it a bars. Uh, the next match, which had um, which was the only title defense in this pay per view, the Young Bucks facing the Lucha Bros for the Triple A. Tag Team Championships lasted 24 minutes and 55 seconds under 25 minutes flat. Let's just rapid fire this shit. Uh, so many flippy shit. So much flippy shit. So much. I think the, the Young Bucks basically just said, um, hey, Lucha Bros, we're just going to do Lucha things throughout this whole match. Flippy stuff, springboard stuff, sick stuff, Canadian destroyers, everything. This was everything that tag team wrestling really needed in wrestling in general because WWE is not doing anything with their tag team stuff. This match, I'm going to give it a straight up GOAT. I loved it. Loved it. Even though the Lucha Bros got injured. Lucha things. <laughs> it was not a stop with the Lucha things. <laughs> Just not uh, stop. Tevin, Tevin would agree also. Oh, yeah. Uh, There's like so much Lucha things. Tevin? Uh, oh, my God. Uh, uh, Lucha things. God damn it. Woo. <laughs> God damn it. Woo. God damn, God damn it. Woo. God damn it. I love this match. I fucking yeah. love this match. Like I said earlier, tribute to the Mother Machine. The tribute to El Generico mm-hmm. with the guy yeah, yeah, Brain so. Buster. Brain oh, that brain buster, buster on the top. Who took that? Phoenix or Pentagon? I believe Phoenix. Oh, my God. That I was, was scared. A, I thought they were going to fuck up. <laughs> that was a stiff fucking yeah. brain buster. Yeah. That fucking quick as shit running Canadian yeah. destroyer on the apron. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> this match was insane. Yes, it was. Yes, oh it was. God. The crowd. The crowd didn't shut the fuck up. I have... I have but a I have but a one criticism. Go ahead. They overdid the false finishes. Mm. Yeah, they kind of mm. did that. They overdid it. I think there was like what ten to fifteen false finishes. But at this point, it's like you kind of expect that out of a Young Bucks match, I guess. But <laughs> yeah, Tev, remember what I said? What? I'm fucking exhausted already. Yeah. Let it end. Yeah. <laughs> they got to the point where it's like you can't it. fake me out that much. Yeah. Like my heart. <laughs> I was at that point where it's like, like all these false finishes, they need to stop already because it just it needs to fucking end. 
My heart, bro. <laughs> my heart. But my heart was racing throughout that whole match. There hits a point where you've hit the peak and you've done all the moves and it's like, okay, if that's not it, then what the fuck can be it? And it kind of got there, but that aside, I love this match. This gets a four and Here. three quotes. Bars and three quotes. Nice. Now, sorry, we lost you for a sec. Yeah, we kind of did lose you real quick for like Two seconds, five seconds? Yeah. It might have been right. that stupid nah. ass truck right. outside uh, my window. Yeah. <laughs> nah, it was uh it was Discord. Okay. Wasn't it? It just like completely cut out. I'm gonna say this match was absolutely bonkers, man. This is another one that I was just like, holy shit. The only thing I say is missing from this match is where are my boys? <laughs> LAX. Yeah. yeah we need I LA, was like, we need an LAX in that. Yo, this match would have been so perfect if we had LAX in this little slot right here. But you know, they're an impact. I don't, you know, I don't want to get them in trouble. And you also got to remember that Santana is kind of injured. Yeah, he is. He is. He. I was asking him about how he's doing. He, he was like, "Oh no, nah, you know, I'm good." Blah blah blah. I was like, "Yo, God willing, God bless. Yeah. Hopefully, everything." You know, it's going to be good. You know, he's like, yeah, Shout I'm going to be hurt, but I'm going to be all right. I was like, all right, cool. You know, God bless him, man. Shout out to you, bro. We hope you make a speedy recovery and make your return to the wrestling world. Yeah, man. But hopefully, once that's all settled, let's see, man. I don't know. I want to see them out there, man. I really do. I would love to see Young Bucks in one on one side. Fucking Lucha Bros. Yo, that's another thing. The Lucha Bros were fucking over. Jesus, Saddle, Miedo. Dagon is the and fucking te- man. Seven knows though my answer if they ever get in my face and with that Saddle Miedo shit. <laughs> I'm not gonna say it on the show because somebody's gonna steal it. Yeah. <laughs> and I know exactly who could steal it and who can steal it. So I'm just gonna leave it like that. <laughs> but Seven knows. I'll tell you later, Hazel, so you know. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, man, this match was excellent. If it wasn't for the crazy fucking heart attacks that these motherfuckers were giving me, I would have given this damn near go, but I'm going to give it a bars point fiver. Bars point five. And our main event of the evening, Alpha versus Omega 2, Jericho versus Omega. Match was 27 minutes flat. Overall, this match and the ending was the best way to have a main event and to close out the show. Holy fucking shit. That crowd loved every minute of it. I will admit this. Did not like the ending spot. I'm not a big fan of Jericho using an elbow as a finisher. Yeah. Like, I'm more of him being like, oh, line... Lion Saw or Cold Breaker, and then that's it. It's fucking over. Or the Walls of Jericho. That's it. For you just doing an elbow, it's basically saying, hey, wait, Barrett, I do the fucking elbow more than, better than you. <laughs> but I understand Chris Jericho. He, he's, he is the inventor of reinventing things. The dude likes to reinvent himself every time. From the Lionheart gimmick to the Y2J to the list. So all that other shit to him being the best in the world at what he does. This was a great match. This was a good match. And I'm happy that 50-50 booking was not a part of this main event because it was 
a different promotion. So that's out of the way. I did have my Kenny Omega shirt on when you guys saw me, the, the, the elite one. But I did, I did go for Jericho to win this because it kind of makes sense for him to let Hangman go over in the heavyweight title match. John Moxley showing up at the very end, doing the the old little shield entrance, and this is him being him, and I love this because now he's free from the shackles of WWE. He can do whatever he wants. He can create his character. He has creative control. He could, you know, he doesn't need a script. And that's what's good about him because that's what made him over that the way he was to this day. And the fact that he's going to New Japan, that's even going to be better. Not just for New Japan, but for AEW because he could Juice. bring that <laughs> AEW title, the, yeah. the and IWGP US Championship to AEW and defend it on there. Not at Fighter Fest, let's say Fight for the Fallen, the next show that's coming up. But this match, I want to say it was better than the last encounter that they had in Wrestle Kingdom, but it was good because the crowd loved every minute of it, and I think we all did. I give this match a solid go, straight up five stars. I was going to lower it due to the fact that Jericho did the elbow, but he kind of stiffed Omega on that elbow. And it looked like it hurt like hell. Five stars. I love this match. I loved it. Especially the ending. Man. Oh, man. What a main event. There were points in the show where I was like, this is cool. This is dope. Bah, bah. But then when it got to this match, I was like, this is something, something special. Like, this felt like a main event. Everything about it, the the entrance with Jericho where he had the different layers of himself. You had, you know, what we like to call a Corazón de León, Chris Jericho with the leather vest and all that stuff. We had, you just made the list. And the one that got the biggest pop, the light-up jacket. And yeah, the light-up jacket was probably like everyone's favorite. I, I I get I popped for the Lionheart one. Yeah, I thought that was actually him. When, when I saw when him with the Lionheart gear, I thought that was really him. I was like, that's I a was deep like, cut. Oh, he's going Lionheart. Yeah, but I was like, I was like, he looks way too young though. Like that looks that his arms look all nice and shiny and built and perfectly tanned and not slightly red from years of fucking taking bumps. No, that, like I but once he finally came out with that, yes. I am evil. <laughs> yes, that was amazing. That fucking Judas, he, he got the crowd. Like, he 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 did everything, man. He was the perfect heel. And Kenny played a perfect baby face to his heel. Man, oh, man, did he feel like the big star in this company. Both he and Jericho just felt like these huge fucking stars. Like, I felt like I was watching fucking... Triple H versus The Rock or some shit. Like, this felt epic, man. And, you know, yeah, the elbow was a little weak, but there were so many other parts of this match that were just electric, man. And, like, every time, like, I, I bit into every every little curveball they would throw in this match. I, I, I bought into all of it, man. It was amazing. And, you know, you said, uh, Hazel, that... 
it, you know, Dean came out with that kind of like shield intro. To me, it wasn't the shield intro. You know what the hell that shit was? When Scott Hall came in from the NWO for the first time and became the the outsider. And you he know came who in with I am. But you don't, don't know why I'm here. here. And that's what John Moxley felt like. Fucking roof came off this place. Like you could hear it slowly, like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. Ah. It came unglued. And then Jim Raw, good God Almighty, it's John Moxley, John Moxley, Moxley. I was like, oh, yo. Goosebumps, man. It felt so surreal. I, I, I got on the train on my way home on the subway, and I'm still like, yo, what the fuck? Just that was in, in AEW, outside of WWE. It was incredible, absolutely amazing. I'm gonna give this man. This also gets a goat. Also gets a goat. Whoa! I'm stealing your gimmick since, <laughs> since you like said almost everything that, that I wanted to say. <laughs> uh, I enjoyed the shit out of this. I pulled the you. <laughs> yeah like you said everything the presentation of this match it felt like two megastars the two pillars of your company going at it and with with the brightest lights and the biggest stage jericho is jericho so of course he came off like a star but omega looked like he belonged with him it was perfect. It was perfect. Um, this is where I thought Jim Ross was. This felt like an attitude era main event. It honestly did. Like it felt like like a 1998-2000 sort of main event. Like they brawled outside for a little bit. They brawled in the rain. There was a table spot. Jericho like ripped off a spot right from Rocket yep. Backlash '99 <laughs> where he had the camera. Mm-hmm. Where he did the Austin like, and Rock. Where he picked up the camera. Huh? Turns around. Yeah. Yeah, like it just felt like so much creative license and fun went into into crafting this match. And it was really enjoyable. Really, really, really enjoyable. Maybe not as good as the first Alpha versus Omega, but still a hell of a match. And what again with Moxley, it has all been said. This was their Lex Luger on the first Nitro moment. This this yep. is like a parallel. To Scott Hall coming in. Just, it felt like the moment, the the watershed moment for AEW going forward. Just when, when Moxley and Omega are fighting through the crowd. And JR, by the way, fucking turning the clock back. Moxley and Omega. Moxley and Omega. They're fighting on the outside. My God. All of it, all of it. Just, yeah, I, I didn't see. Go ahead and, and tell them about the post match because Hazel, nor Hazel, nor I spoke about it. Yeah, that shit was nuts too. That it's just you know what it is. Once we saw Moxley, it was like, yeah, so real. The po- <laughs> the the, the po- Jer- Jericho's promo <laughs> where he he demands a thank you from the AEW fans for, and that's gonna be his gimmick, I guess. He's the one that made this happen. The company is here because of me. We sold this out because of me. We have a TV deal because of me. Chris Jericho. So I deserve a thank you. And then Moxley comes down to the ring. He starts walking down 
you know, like you said, shield style through the through the steps. And then he turns and starts walking across the the road. You hear the pop building. Like you hear buzz in the crowd at first. It's just buzz. And then the, the noise level starts picking up like, oh, and then when the camera finally focuses on him. Eruption. Absolutely. Eruption. Mm-hmm. And from that moment on, is like I said on Banter Club this week, perfect way to establish a guy in his first appearance. He comes in, he beats the fuck out of everyone. everyone. <laughs> He's here to make a statement. DDT to Jericho, DDT to the fucking referee. He's going to DDT Omega, but they got into it. Just and, and then even that, setting up a potential John Moxley-Kenny Omega match. Perfect. You know what I kept calling Give me that, that, DDT? Dirty dates. Dirty dates. Yeah. Just this this was this was the moment. Like that moment when Moxley and Omega are fighting in the crowd, and you just hear these deafening AEW, AEW, AEW. And then Jim Ross just goes, How do you like AEW now? What a moment. That's a moment. Years from now, that's what we're going to talk about. Uh, you gave it your rating? The match itself, I give it a bars. Okay. Bars. Everything else, the post-match, and then just the aura surrounding this entire main event, go. Nice. Uh Something that I realized about this pay-per-view, man. When I said this person felt like Austin more than once, that means you're doing your shit. Because to me, that's like, everybody knows to me, that's like pinnacle. You match Austin, you match God. (laughs) So (laughs) (laughs) So the fact that I said that so many times, like, my mind was blown. My heart was full I was missing nothing. Like with WWE, when I watch some of their pay-per-views and their shows, I'm missing, like, I'm like, ah, I don't feel that. I felt like I ate a meal with these motherfuckers. Like this shit was real, you know? And damn, son, like if they wanted to fucking make a stamp and show that we're here, I think the show did that. My overall grade... For double or nothing. Shit gets an S ranking. This gets a straight up S ranking. I loved the whole pay-per-view. I love the pre-show. I love the whole entire card. I love the crowd. I love the presentation. The camera work does need somewhat of some help, but not completely. There were some moments where they had good shots. They... And there were some moments where they kind of mishapped a few things. But when I was watching BTE, the the latest episode that came out, and you see Cody and the Bucks backstage, like, you know, monitoring everything. Cody and the Bucks, like, legit know what the hell they're doing. And I think when they did all in, it was basically like a test to see if they could test the waters backstage, if they knew what the hell they were doing. Because let's face it, if they didn't know what they were doing at all in, they probably would have never did AEW. And when they did AEW, 
it seems as if they knew what they were doing 100% except for the for the 25% portion of the company which I'm talking about Pac uh yeah this is NA like it's not the best show of all time it, it it's a really really good show and it's an all time important show it, it it was a it's great establishing show for what AEW should be going forward A Straight up A. Now, our biggest concern was when AEW was what everyone kept calling it at first, which was a t-shirt company. We had some contract signings, and the biggest one was probably Neville, a.k.a. Pac. And uh, Pac had a match with Hangman Page at the WrestleGate show in um, the UK. He, he said an announcement that, he, that he's quitting all the wrestling. Um, we found out that it was due to um, creative differences. Uh, he doesn't want to lose his Dragon Gate championship, let alone lose because he's becoming the most over guy in the company. Now, I want to know for sure, um, is he going to be at Fight for the Fallen because he will not be at Fighter Fest? Now, occasionally he still has a contract, but he's kind of doing this whole sabbatical thing. So, will we see... Pac appear at Double or Nothing. No, not Double or Nothing. Uh, Fight for the Fallen. Um, I'm going to lean toward no for now just because from what it seems like the situation is as long as Neville has that title and hasn't lost yet they kind of want to avoid having, having a book around that for now because they've said they want AEW pay-per-views to have straight-up wins and losses. No DQs, no bullshit, none of that. They, they want clean finishes. So there might be situations where they want Pac to put someone over. And obviously, he can't do that right now because he has this belt and they're doing this thing in Dragon Gate. So I think they're going to let that cool off until they get the word yeah, he's probably going to drop it soon so you can start building whatever you want to build for him. And then I think, I, I don't think that'll be in time for a fight for the fall. And it might be a little after that. We'll see, though. We'll see. This felt like a conversation. And this goes to show you what good wrestling can do. Good wrestling doesn't just make the wrestling companies, you know, step their game up it makes us step our game up because we want to know we want to be invested and we want to be involved because we care and we get we get so excited about everything i feel amazing right now so i'm gonna rate not just that show but this show at the same time we get an a they get an a this is everybody a gets an a we're gonna go ham now tevin tell them where to find us you already know where to find us find us on instagram at ramblemania show find us on twitter at ramblemania facebook.com slash ramblemania show as far as the audio goes we are everywhere audio is found apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, spotify stitcher soundcloud anchor tune it everywhere your podcasts are found just search ramblemania show or banter club as for me personally Find me on Instagram and Twitter at TJ the Great. That's TJ the G R the number eight. It's as simple as that. TJ the Great. That's me. You 
You find me in the club. No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I got to stop doing that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can find me on Instagram at the number six, the letter X, the letter L. That is at 6XL. You can find me on the Twitter at S double I double X. Ain't I great? That is at S I I X X. Hayes. And you can find me on the Instagram only, which is iZombies, <laughs> double I, Z-O-M-B, double I again, E-S-Z. Twitter and Facebook will be coming soon. I'm sorry if I've been telling you guys all this shit nonstop, but I got a fucking life. It's called having a job and being married. Oh! Now... For anything, Vince McMahon, I just have one final question for you. Hey, what, what the fuck you are you talking about, pal? When Ramble Mania Show runs wild and roasts you. Oh, hell no. I hate Hogan. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> we're going to leave him like this. Hazel. Morning goodies to there all of you. Tevin. Yeah. Too sweet. Too sweet. And from my side, good fight. And a good night. Black and black and black, 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 black and 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 black and